verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury, treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come and sit up with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brilliant. Thank you, Lydia. Good morning, everyone. My name's Andy. I'm the curate here at St. Paul's, and we're just going to spend a bit of time now having, I think, having a reflect on that story from the Bible. Now, we've got a video lined up, which is just a retelling of that story uh, through the medium of Lego. So let's watch that now. might not have the sound. We can just watch it then. It's narrated by uh, these little kids, which is really cute. So here comes the Ethiopian on his chariot, making his way home from Jerusalem. And the spirit tells Philip, go over to that man and tell him about Jesus. So he runs up next to the chariot stops him and says, what are you reading? The Ethiopian says, I'm reading the scroll of Isaiah, but I don't understand it. Philip explains it to him. And the man says, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized right now? So they get out of the chariot and Philip baptizes him. And then Philip disappears. <laughs> Wonderful. And there's, if you look online, there's lots of kind of videos. And I think there's, there's a website called The Bricks Bible where they tell the story of the Bible uh, through Lego. So I just wanted to show that um, at the start. And I want us to think about our stories 
this morning. So the man from Ethiopia, in his chariot, he was reading God's story in the Bible, wasn't he? But he didn't have the ending. He didn't understand where it was leading. And we all love a good story, don't we? I, I wonder, let's just maybe turn to the person next to you and just tell them, what's your favorite story that's not in the Bible? Could be a book, could be a storybook, or something you watch on TV, or a film, or something. What's your favorite story that you like to come back to time and time again? Brilliant, lots of stories being shared there. If you want to know what my favorite story is, you can come and ask me after the service. But I want to share with you someone's favorite story. A good friend of mine, she's called Phoebe. She's four years old. She's the daughter of uh, Holly and I's very good friends. And um, Holly and I go and visit them um, occasionally. And we'll put the kids to bed and read them a bedtime story. And every time I read Phoebe the bedtime story, she always asks for the same one, which is the tale of Peter Rabbit which is, as far as they go, quite a good choice, isn't it? A classic. So, uh, so I'm very familiar with the tale of Peter Rabbit, and I was thinking about that as I was thinking of this passage uh, this morning. And it got me thinking, you know, part of, the st- part of knowing and loving the stories that are close to our heart is we know how it turns out, don't we? We know every beat, and we know how it ends. We know that for Peter Rabbit, he's a, a cheeky bunny who breaks into Mr. McGregor's vegetable patch and has a few scrapes, has a few close shaves, gets stuck in the netting, but eventually manages to escape, doesn't he? And he makes it home, uh, even if he has to be put to bed straight away um, with some chamomile tea while his sisters enjoy the blackberries. Uh, But we we know as we're reading that, and as I'm reading it with Phoebe, we know that uh, no matter how close it seems that Peter Rabbit is to being put in a pie, uh, he does make it home eventually, doesn't he, at the end of the story. But the thing is, when we don't know the ending to a story, it's like we're kind of on the edge of our seat, aren't we? We're like, how does it end? How is it going to get good by the end of the story? Because stories are meant to go somewhere. You don't just read halfway through and then close the book, okay, that's the end. Stories go somewhere. And it's just the same with the story that God is telling in the world and in the Bible. So in our Bible passage this morning, Philip meets this man. He's in the middle of reading God's story. He's reading that little section from the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. But it doesn't make sense to him. This is what he was reading. A slightly different translation. This is an international children's translation. He was like a sheep being led to be killed. He was quiet As a sheep is quiet while its wool is being cut, he said nothing. He was treated shamefully and unfairly. He died without children to continue his family. His life on earth has ended. And so Philip asks him, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, no, how can I? Unless someone explains it to me, it doesn't make sense. I don't have the ending. He needed the ending of the story for it to make sense. And of course, the answer that uh, the Ethiopian is puzzling over is, of course, Jesus. And we've been singing those songs, haven't we, about the, those stories in the Old Testament that find their fulfillment in God's Son, 
in Jesus. He's the one who fulfills the prophecy. He's the one who's that quiet sheep who goes to the cross, who doesn't call out, who goes even though he's done nothing wrong, goes in our place. And as Christians, we have this amazing privilege of getting to fill in the gaps. It's like we can give people those bits of the story which are missing, the end of the story which is the person of Jesus, just like Philip did when he shared with that man on the road. So I've got two thoughts for us, two thoughts to take away from this. The first is, Jesus makes sense of the Old Testament story. All the stories we read in the Old Testament find their fulfillment in Jesus. That He's the one that they're looking forward to, especially those prophets like Isaiah. But, but every story in the Old Testament looks forward to Jesus. And all through the Old Testament, there's this sense of like expectation. There's a sense of what's coming next, a sense of longing for something to be resolved. What is God going to do next? And by the time that Jesus is born, the Hebrew people are so pent up. They're like, what's God going to do? What's the ending of this story? What's, when's God going to reveal it to us? And it's at that time that Jesus is born. He grows up, he lives, he teaches, he heals, he dies, and he rises. And suddenly, it's like everything makes sense. We've got the end of the story. So whenever you're reading the Old Testament, always be thinking, where is Jesus? Where's Jesus in this? Look out for him. It's like pro providing those last few pages of the story of the tale of Peter Rabbit. Jesus gives us the ending. So Jesus makes sense of the Old Testament. Second thought, Jesus makes sense of your story as well and mine. Each of us can tell a story about our lives, can't we? You know, we do it all the time when we say how our day was or we tell people about our holiday or explain where we used to live, something like that. And there are parts of our stories which are happy, there are parts of our stories which are sad. But when we follow Jesus, when we're part of God's family, it's like we find ourselves in a bigger story, in the story that God's telling in the world. And so the story that Philip introduces this man on the road to is God's story. It's that big story. And the Ethiopian immediately wants to be in, doesn't he? He says, yes, I'm in. Sign me up for this story. Now, my favorite story was written by a man called John Tolkien. Have we got a slide? John Tolkien. Here he is smoking his pipe. He wrote The Lord of the Rings, which is my favorite story. Um, and he loved Jesus, and he loved stories as well. And he actually, he believed, and I agree with him, that every story with a happy ending, it's like it gives us a glimpse of the happy ending that God tells in the big story. So this is how he puts it. The happy ending denies, in the face of much evidence, if you will, universal final defeat, and insofar is good news giving a fleeting glimpse of joy, joy beyond the walls of the world, poignant as grief. That's a very fancy way of saying that when we read a happy ending in a story, whether that's Peter Rabbit getting home safe or the happy ending for your story, the story that's dear to your heart, it's like we see God's heart for a happy ending for his world, one that he has made possible 
through sending his son Jesus. And we get that kind of, that's like our, the hairs on our arms kind of stick up, don't they? And we think, yes, this is the way it's meant to be. This is what Jesus gives to us. So in your life, just like in the Old Testament, in your life, look out for Jesus. Where are the glimpses of Jesus and the good news that he's telling in your life? And, and what I love about uh, the man that Philip meets is he responds straight away. You know, he immediately says, I'm in on this. Let's get baptized right now. There's some water. Let's do it. Uh, just before the service, as we were praying, we, one of the team had a sense from God that he was saying to us, you do your bit and I'll do mine. You do your bit and God does his. That's exactly what happens with this story. This man goes, yes, I'm in, and God meets with him immediately and transforms his life there and then. It can, and it's a true for us as well today. So what does the Ethiopian do? Firstly, he asks questions, doesn't he? He asks questions. He's not afraid to ask. Be curious. Be curious about life. Be curious about the big questions. Uh, for those who are grown up, a great opportunity to do this is Alpha. And we're running Alpha uh, this coming term at St. Paul's. Just some details on the screen there. Starts late September, Wednesday evenings at church. And this is a brilliant place to be curious, to ask those questions. So it's a place where no question is off limits. Might that be something that you, that God's prompting you to come to? Or be asking the Lord, is he nudging you, just like he nudged Philip to go over and start a conversation with that stranger? Is there someone on your heart you to invite to come to Alpha to explore, to meet with Jesus uh, this term. So come yourself, bring a friend, or if you have a real heart for it, come and join the team, come and let me know. And secondly, so he asks questions, and secondly, he gets baptized, doesn't he? This is a, an ancient way that Christians have, have marked being cleansed from sin and beginning a new life uh, with God. And so I just want to throw out there, if you, if you believe and trust in Jesus and you haven't been baptized, we would love to chat to you about that. We would love to explore getting baptized with you. Or maybe uh, you might want to think back and remember your baptism, whether you were uh, older when that happened, or perhaps ask someone who was there if you got baptized and you were too young to remember. Ask your parent or someone you live with about what it was like. Well, let's have a moment just to reflect on that now and pray, uh, and then we're gonna sing um, our final song. So why don't we just have a moment now just coming before the Lord and asking, Heavenly Father, thank you that you are telling a big story with a happy ending. Thank you, Jesus, that you came and you make sense of everything, whether that's in the Bible or whether that's in our lives. And so, Father, we just offer up to you any parts of life that we long to see you in. And we pray, would you come and give us that glimpse, that glimpse of joy of what you're doing?
And why don't we have, just think back to, if you, if you have been baptized, think back to that moment you got baptized. Think about what God was doing in your life then and what he wants to tell through your story in the years to come. Thank you, Lord, so much that you love us and that you are telling a good story with us. In Jesus' name, amen. And would you like to stand? We're going to uh, sing our final song now. Uh, it is singing about the name of Jesus, who has been present all through history, all since creation, and wants to tell a story through your life and through our lives together. So let's worship. Say 